Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Welcome to part two of the Richie Conson 50 for 50 album review, Disc 2. Continuing the conversation from yesterday, continuing reviewing all the songs on the 50 for 50 album, the epic album by Richie Conson. I would like to welcome back Mr. Crash Crafton. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. Just uh, happy to continue this conversation and, you know, digest this album once again and let everybody know how great and how good it is and get people to go out and buy this epic masterpiece. Yeah, hopefully it'll do well. It's a, it's a I don't know, an exciting time to be a Richie Gotham fan. This is extra special it is you know i was thinking about this album last night after we recorded the review for the first disc and as i began to listen to the material like you know the, finally the downloads came through uh, you know on, on the release on, on on amazon where i purchased the record and i was listening to the songs and you know, we mentioned a lot about his guitar playing, which is phenomenal, and the influences that he that he merges with that shredding capability, if you know if that's what you want to call it. The R and B influence, the soul, the you know whether it's Prince, Stevie Wonder, Parliament, 
am I wrong to say that that's where Richie feels most comfortable in that in that you know type of music that he plays? I mean, there's a lot of different types of songs on this album, right? I mean, we went through the list yesterday, and one of the common discussions we had was how you never know what the next song is going to be. You never know what the song you're listening to is going to lead to. There's so many different paths that this album goes down, and there's so many different rooms the songs go into. You just, you know, when you think about all the songs from yesterday, and you think about Innocuous, how that disc ended, which was completely different, as we discussed, completely different than anything that's on the album previous to that. But there's a lot of R&B, there's a lot of that soul element, that influence in the record. We've seen it with Salting Earth, we saw it with Cannibals, we've seen it with other albums. I mean, you talk about, you know, like a song, Bad Situation or Help Me. Is that his comfort zone? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, it's ingrained in him. The, the, he grew up on the whole Philly soul R&B station, you know, and his dad, you know, that was his dad's main interest in music. And I think now he's just writing and performing and singing what he feels it's not necessarily a conscious decision that oh this is my influence I need to sound like this it's just him I was matter of fact last night after we recorded just one review I was reading an interview with him dating back to 1992 when he had joined that dirty work band that I won't mention and in it he's talking about you know his R&B and soul influences you know, and that's dating back to the first part of his career within the first couple of years. You know, it just as he's progressed, that's, you know, he got away from the whole, you know, shrapnel uh, label, no pun intended. Obviously, it is a label that dubbed a shredder, you know, and he's got the rock influences, but his main love in music has always leaned towards the R&B and soul side. So it's naturally just him. You know, that's who he is, for better or for worse. And I love it. I do too. You know, I do he's too. He's true to himself. And... I also believe too, you know, when you mentioned shrapnel, and, you know, we, we both grew up, you know, you're a few years younger than I am, but not by much. But, you know, we grew up in that era where, you know, those guitarists were very prevalent. You know, I mean, you know, a week from tomorrow will be the anniversary of Van Halen 1 with their debut. And, of course, the impact that Van Halen had on all those guitar players. And when you talk about the Tony McAlpines and the Marty Friedmans, the Jason Beckers, all those guitar players that were on that label, they're all phenomenal guitar players, right? I mean, there's not anyone that you would say is, you know, not good. They're all masters of their instrument they're all phenomenal guitar players, as is Richie. Right. I think the thing that, or I, I believe what separates Richie from those guitar players that were on that label, and other contemporaries too, you know, you can mention Paul Gilbert, you know, you can mention Eric Johnson, and, you know, even Satriani. 
the difference, in my opinion, with Richie is the R&B influence, which adds a lot more depth to his playing. There's a lot more layers to his to his guitar player. I mean, if you think of his playing as a canvas and he's an artist, you know, a lot of those guitar players that I just mentioned will paint a beautiful picture, right? And 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 I, I don't doubt that they would be able to master, you know, if, if they were artists, right? Or painters. But with Richie, I think there's a lot more texture. There's a lot more layers going on with his playing. And it's really evident on what we've heard so far on the 50 for 50 album. You, 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 talk, to the, you talk about the track Devil's Hand, you know, where the song is, an, is a journey in itself. I mean, the album, we can say, is a journey, but the song in itself is. And I don't know if any of those guitar players that I mentioned could do what Richie does. Combine the shredding. I'd say no. Yeah, combine the shredding and the technical aspect of guitar with that soul, with that R&B feel to it. I'm not talking about him singing or the way he produces music and, and, and the structure of the song. I'm just talking about the song itself. I don't know if any of those guys could ever do something like that. I, I don't think they could. Um, I'm not a big fan of shredders. I appreciate what they do, but after a while, it just sounds like a bunch of notes for the sake of a bunch of notes. And, you know, Oh, you know, Oh, we could do this cool time change or whatever, but there's no depth. There's no, no pun intended soul. There's no color to it. It's just and it's, yeah. Give me some songs, melodies, and sonic tapestry, shall we say? And yeah. Richie provides that. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's so there's so much going on with each note that he plays, and I think that is where he separates himself from his contemporaries from that era and has grown into something even more. You know, I'm sure the guys I mentioned, whether it's Gilbert, Satriani, or Friedman, could play that style, right? I mean, because they're masters of the instrument. They could probably play anything. They could probably play the phone book. But would it yeah, sound... I think it sound contrived. Yeah, it wouldn't sound as natural and as organic as what Richie does. I think that's the difference because I think that the influences that he had, as you mentioned in the first part of this conversation and and the point that I'm trying to make is it's part of him. It's in, it's ingrained in him. And I think that it comes out. And I think as you look at the evolution of Richie over the last decade, Excluding, well, we can even put the winery dogs in there. I was going to exclude them, but I don't think we should. The type of plane and him allowing his influences to come out more, I think it's been a natural progression. And I think right now he is in his comfort zone 
with his playing and with his with his music. I think this is I think this is the artist that he wants to be at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, and like you know, we discussed on the last one, he doesn't have some suit standing over him, or you can't play that. Rock fans aren't going to understand that. You know, he can do what he wants, and he does. Agreed. Very well. <laughs> Agreed. I, I I honestly believe that yeah, that that discussion that we had yesterday with you know fans always saying I can't believe he's not the biggest thing ever. And we all agree that, you know, we all agree with that. His music should elevate him to superstar status. But I think with that comes a lot of obstacles and a lot of challenge for the artist, Richie Kotzen. You know, I, I, I think that would he be able to develop and be more comfortable putting his influences in the music that he's making if he's on a major record label if he's got this big record contract and the label's telling him what to do and in what to make, he may he may be able to you know be the the biggest star ever. Let's just say, for argument's sake, but would he be happy with the music that he's putting out as an artist who needs to evolve and who needs to stay in touch with those influences? Right. Yeah. I I don't think he'd be happy. I mean, they'd go back to you know listening to him talk about the Motherhead record. And some of the boneheaded decisions Quadner was trying to shove on him. You know, no female singers and and the producer that he had hired before he got Richie Zito to do it, you know, not wanting gospel background vocals, you know, because that's not rock and roll. And he's like, Well, if Black Crows have Rolling Stones had him, he wouldn't be comfortable, he would not be happy. So I mean, right now it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that experience has stuck with him. I mean, it's, that's back in, what, 92? And here we are. Um, motherhead, yeah, 94. Okay. So that was 93, 90, 94. So that was 93, 94, and I think that experience has stuck with him. I mean, here we are, yeah. you know, almost 30 years later, and look at his music, look at the style that he has been dedicated to playing and I think if that experience you know if he would if he would have stayed with Geffen or continued with the major record label whether it was Geffen or somebody else I don't know if he'd be in the same spot he is now I don't know if he'd even be in music still he might have got burnt out or crap and just not screw it yeah I'm gonna be a carpenter you know right well, let's get into disc two. It's an interesting conversation. You know, something we'll touch on as we go through the the album review. I just think that being a Richie Kotzen fan, as much as we want him to be a superstar, I think that the fact that he's not, and that's I'm not saying that in a negative way, the fact that he's not, he's able to give us this music that is wonderful and amazing. Because I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I mean, good. I I just yeah. I I mean I just think that you know with 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 a lot with success comes you know what do they say more people or more money more problems right you know I mean you yeah. know yeah. Um, um you know would he be able to be the artist that he wants to be and I think 
as as Richie fans, we love his music and we appreciate his music. But I think instead of it looking like, wow, why isn't he huge? He should be the hugest thing in music. I think we should look at it as, hey, he's successful. He's not a superstar, but he's giving us this awesome, amazing music. Yeah, and you know, I think if he had a major label or a suit telling him what to do, 50 for 50 probably wouldn't exist. There, I don't see a major record label unless it's like a box set of his you know, previous material. I don't think they would let 50 for 50 exist. That's a great point. That is an excellent point. You're probably 100% right. You know, I mean, it might come out over the span of like five or six years and not at one shot, you know, they busted up, you know, it's, yeah, it's three albums as it is right now, but they would put this one out a year and a half, two years later, they put this two out, you know, and hopefully put this three out a year or two after that, but it wouldn't come out as he envisioned it, as he made it like it is now. Very true. Or they would repackage previous albums with bonus tracks. You know, that that's how they would do yeah. it. You know, they would kind of, they would kind of drip out the 50 songs, you know, the, the, you know, the drip drip every time, you know, there's a, a an anniversary edition or a special edition CD of an album. It'd be like, there would be like two or three extra songs on it. So. Now, yeah. As uh, my old man used to always says, they, they'd fuck up a wet dream. I've heard that too. Yeah. I've even used that phrase uh, a few times, especially when I'm watching my son play hockey and a ref makes a bad call. But that's a different conversation. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's, <laughs> that's for the hockey uh, podcast. Yeah, that's for the that's for the you know the the unnamed hockey podcast. So anyway, yeah. let's get into fifty for fifty disc two. Let's start with radar uh, again. Continues with the soul and R and B flavor, the influence. Uh, just an awesome song to start. In, you know, the start disc two. Enjoyed it. I like it. Um, it's not as fast paced, I guess you could say, as um, "Stick the Knife" was. It's more of a like a mid tempo. It's and it's really funky. Um, the thing that really caught my attention, I think, it was around the one fifteen, one sixteen mark the notes that he hits I know when he goes up into the higher register of his voice, you know, it's just like, damn, you know, it kind of reminds me of the first time I heard, uh, the first, oh, probably about 20, 30 seconds of a woman and a man off a uh, motherhead and those notes he hits there. And they're just like, you know, and this was the shredder guy, you know, and there's like, holy shit, his vocal range is insane. And he he goes into some different areas of what his voice can do on this two and on this three, which we'll get to tomorrow. But, you know, he explores some different sides that we haven't heard before vocally. But the, the notes that he hits here at the 116 mark is just insane. Yeah, there is a lot of things going on with his voice on this disc, is in, in in disc two and, and disc three. I, I didn't listen to too much of disc three yet. Again, I you know the the album just came out, so I haven't really 
absorb myself in that. But as disc two goes, we'll get into the songs. There's a lot of different approaches to his vocal style on a lot of different songs. You know, we mentioned on disc one, you know, the 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 James Brown influence. Uh, we mentioned, you know, the Stevie Wonder influence. We mentioned, you know, Innocuous, the, you know, the way that, that that album ends. There's a lot of different approaches. And not only the guitar, but also his voice, too, which we'll get into as we yeah. as we move forward. Uh, the next song is Freeze. Great groove. The guitar solo on this is absolutely amazing. Uh, highlights. Do you have my notes in front of you? You just, you just took off right my notes. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got I'm your guitar I, solo. <laughs> but no, the, the guitar solo is fan freaking tastic uh just a just a great song freeze really brings it again that groove that richie groove that he's got uh just another fantastic song yeah and i love the, the fuzzy guitars you know at the opening the just i guess fuzzy is the only word i can think of you know because i'm not a guitar player per se but you know and i'm not technically proficient and know what i'm talking about but you know, they're just real fuzzy, and then then he rips guitar on the outro. But I think I think his fans of his guitar playing will really appreciate this track. I agree, and that's a great point. I think guitar players are gonna love this record because of the playing yeah. too, as well. I I don't think you know we talk a lot about that influence that R and B, the soul influence. I don't think that's going to push away the Richie. Hotson fan who's all about the guitar, who loves his guitar playing. I think this album, these three discs, give his fans everything, which is awesome. Yeah, it gives, it gives all sections of his fan base. It, it's going to make them happy, whether it's the ones that knowing from the shred stuff or from the Motherhead era, you know, into like the Wilson Hawk record, even the 40 Deuce record, you know, clear up to Salting Earth. You know, there's something for everybody. Moving on to Warrior, which is my favorite song on disc two. This is just incredible. The vocals on this song are, dare I say, Crash, Steve Perry-esque. Um, yeah, it is phenomenal. I mean, I, 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 this is that one song I do this a lot when I'm listening to music and I hear a song, either a song from, you know, my youth or a song that I've listened to and love. I put it on repeat basically. And I must've listened to this song at least 10 times in a row, just over and over because it just, it hit me. You know, we talk about the hook on this show and what hooked you? For me, this hooked me, you know, on disc two. This was like, boom, this is a great song. I mean, just the melody, the hook, everything about it is fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it'll be a fun song live, you know, with the audience participation factor. And I really felt, I mean, I don't know if you're real familiar with the record, kind of has a change by not just the song, but the album. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. A, yeah. 
I think this would have fit on change, but obviously it wasn't written for change, but it just has that element to it. It's just an amazing song. It really is. I mean, that this one, yeah. you, you know, the, the, and there's a lot of good songs. A lot of gr- there's a lot of great songs on this disc. Disc two. This is my favorite. This is this is the one that I'm like, wow. That that's uh, that's one I need to keep listening to. Yeah, it's up there in my the probably top three favorites off this disc for me as well. Moving on to Pray For Me. Uh, this is a song that I haven't connected with yet. I don't know if it's the the drum machine or the drum track on it. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that I don't like it. I, I just, like I said yesterday in the podcast, that music's all about timing. It hasn't hit me yet. Yeah, it's, it's different. I don't want to say it. it's not different in a bad way. It's just, it's a different tune. Um, you know, the tempo is a little more down. Just the, the music and the vocals is kind of interesting. And the lyrics, I mean, are really kind of intriguing. Like, what is he expressing here? It's kind of vague, you know, kind of like, hmm? You know, it's, it's hard to explain. It's not bad, not bad at all. It's just kind of different. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Don't know. I, I didn't know what to, especially the lyrics. I was just like, okay, where are you going? You know, what's this, you know, I don't know. Probably, you know, a few more lessons and it'll hit me like, you know, a sledgehammer to the head be like, oh, okay, I get it now. But as of right now, after, you know, three or four lessons, it's still like, it's just, kind of intriguing like you yeah i agree you know we've only or i've only listened to this disc you know a few times so you know like you said it hasn't hit me yet i haven't had i haven't found the connection to it yet and that's you know that's fine you know you don't have to connect on everything um you know the first go around the first few go arounds but uh you know as i listen to this album throughout this week and next week I'll be listening to it, and like you said, it could hit, you know, I could find the connection to it. Who I Am is the next song. This is another beautiful song, another favorite of mine on disc two. Uh, Just the arrangement is beautiful. The song's amazing. Uh, it's, It's really about reflecting, I think, of who he is or whatever however the this the listener connects with it about uh, a relationship ending and you know whether you're lost and finding yourself after that relationship ends to reconnect with who you are because sometimes things get mm. sideways and sometimes you do lose that connection to yourself that's, a, that's an interesting change because i kind of felt like a sense of longing you know, with the lyrics and everything, but I'm going to have to go back and re-listen and, you know, maybe, maybe I missed something. I got the sense of longing out of it, but, you know, the point you bring up, it's like, wait a second, did, did something go over my head like a joke yesterday? 
<laughs> no, no, I it's, hey, you it, got that one. Well, you know, it's 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 the listener, right? I mean, you you yeah. interpreted it one way, I interpreted it a different way. That's the beauty of of music. It's a beauty. It's the beauty of a song. Uh, you, well, you you are correct. I am correct. You know, I I don't think there's any right or wrong, you know, feeling or I don't think there's anything wrong with our interpretation of what he's trying to express. It's just the way we connected with it. But it's a wonderful song. Yeah, yeah it's very, I don't know, sensual in a way. So overall, you know, as a whole, it's, it's I don't know. It's, songs like this are um, always usually my favorites on his albums, you know, throughout his catalog. I just, I'm more, I, I, he can write a wicked ballad, you know, if you want to label it as a ballad. But, you know, the slower, you know, more heartfelt stuff is always strikes a real good, real big connection with me. And this is one of them. It connected with me too. I would say, as I'm listening to this disc, uh, Warrior and Who Am I are the standouts so far. They are really powerful songs, really great tunes. Wow. Moving on to Last Laugh. This song really has a Prince feel to it. Uh, yep. <laughs> very, a very Prince-esque type of song. The guitar solo, and once again, an amazing guitar solo, amazing playing on this song. Uh, great tune, great song on disc two. Yeah, and did you get a like a Spanish guitar vibe on the breakdown that leads into the solo? Yes, I did. I, I thought there was a nice Spanish flavor to that breakdown. And the way I kind of see this song is it is like his, his album Slow and his album Wave of Emotion kind of baby. Last Last would you know be the result. It kind of has that vibe to it. Yeah, it's the the, the guitar playing is. There's so much stuff going on. You know, it's got the Prince esque you mentioned, the Spanish flavor, the solo. Uh, it's a it's a great song for guitar lovers. It's a great song on the second part of Fifty for Fifty. Yeah, it's a good one. Taking the pain is next up. Very R and B heavy influence. More of that funky soul. Stevie Wonder type of delivery. Uh, another one of my favorites on disc two. Yeah, this one's a, uh, I don't know, definitely a, a grooving track. And, you know, Richie doesn't, I don't think, get enough credit for the groove that he can lay down, especially on drums and bass. He's really underappreciated in those aspects. And this song, he just, shines on it and the solo is just spectacular and do I hear shakers on the album what was <laughs> yes <Shakers>. yes <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah I don't know if if, if it's shakers or, or what but yeah that was interesting as well because I was like oh what is that it's interesting you know I mean um, yeah that was really cool yeah yeah sitting there and like I kept turning it up. I'm like, I hear shakers. Cool. 
The next song well, is yeah. Featherweights, which delivers us a instrumental. When's the last time Richie did yep. an instrumental on a record? Oh, shoot. I'm having a thing. Shannon LeBray. You know, the last one that I can distinctly remember is probably going to be on the slow record. Well, no, he had that uh, uh, Bebop Deluxe jazz thing on uh, Change, actually. So Change? Maybe, yeah. Would be the... Yeah, I think that'd be the last one. Nevertheless, this is what guitar players are going to love. I mean, the, the instrumental, the funky instrumental that he delivers on featherweights is incredible i i was surprised by this i was not expecting an instrumental but you know when you put 50 songs together there's bound to be one or a few and this is the first one on 50 for 50 so i was excited to hear it. it it really is a journey on the guitar and it's definitely richie it's definitely got that funk vibe to it and it's just it's phenomenal yeah, fans of his like Electric Joy and Intergalactic Fusion Experience are really gonna dig this track. You know, I'm not much for instrumentals, but those two albums of his instrumentalized are ones that I enjoy. You know, granted Intergalactic Fusion Experience has two vocal tracks at the end of it, but you know, the majority of it is instrumental. And so I think fans of those two records are really gonna love this track. I agree. Know? Yeah. And it's and the cool thing about a lot of his instrumentals, and this one included, is you could almost envision it having vocals. It's it's not just a wing fest, you know, it's an actual song. It just doesn't have vocals. But you could envision it having there, you know, because it would fit, but he left it, you know, just an instrumental for people to enjoy. And he has a lot of people that love his guitar playing, so they'll like this one. Going Back is the next song, another gorgeous song on the album, one other one of my favorites. Uh, this one's my favorite on the record, or on this record, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, we mentioned Warrior, Who I Am, or Who Am, who am I. We mentioned Warrior, Who Am I, and now Going Back is it's just, it's just amazing. It's a beautiful song. It's, it's got a lot of layers, a lot of texture to it. Uh, it's a song that you can easily get lost in. Yeah, easily. And I was I was talking with my friend Michelle, and we were texting back and forth. And she had mentioned she goes, you know, I haven't found, and I wasn't, I'm not sure where she was at in the three disc set at that point. But she was like, I haven't found the remember the woman and the man or catch up to me yet. And then a little while later, I was listening, and I came up on the song, and I texted her, and I was like, disc two, track nine, going back, there it is. And so evidently, wherever she was at in her journey through this three disc set, she went straight to that song, and she messaged me back, like, oh, my God, you're right. You know, and this one's my favorite 
track on this too, by far. You know, he, he, he hit the, you know, struck the romantic, you know, ballad loving side of me with this one. Yeah, I envision, you know, and you, it sounds great loud. I imagine you with, you know, roses and candles and, and, uh, you know, the, the romantic, the romantic crash does not come out enough. And if, if it takes a Richie Cotson song, if it takes going back to bring out you being the romantic fella that you want to be, it's a great tune. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Don't ruin my reputation. <laughs> hey, you know what? Valentine's Day is coming up, Crash. So, you know, maybe this song is Don't meant to, to. Maybe this song is meant to lead you down the the path of romance and the path of love. And hey, Cupid is always always looking for somebody. Yeah, well, he's got a big enough target here, but let's not go there. All right. <laughs> I don't Just, like getting shot or stabbed with stuff. I've been there, done that. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sure. I'm sure he's not going to do any, you know, long term damage. But hey, you know, it's matters of the heart. Crash matters of the car. Matters yeah. of the heart. So just to go back, yeah. just to go back really quick and just review the first nine. There's 17 songs on disc two. On disc two, we start out with Radar, Freeze, Warrior. Pray for me, who am I? Last laugh, taking the pain, featherweights, the instrumental, and going back. Great first part of disc two. Lots of different songs, different deliveries, different approaches. Again, Richie's just bringing it with the second part of his Fifty for Fifty album. Indeed. Moving on. Indeed. Moving on with Romantic Crash, we go into the second part of oh, <laughs> we go into the second part of, of Break, break. Yes. Yes. Fucker. Hey oh, man. My word. You you mentioned the romantic, you know, it made you feel all all vanilla candles and rose petals and and, and dark chocolate and everything. So yeah, yeah. I, I kept waiting for you to say something about Mrs. Kraft, and I was like, "Dude, don't go there." Well, don't go there. Mrs. Crafton might, may be, no. might, might be hearing it. Maybe might be hearing a song pretty soon. <laughs> Cut this shit out. <laughs> edit hard. Not, edit. You know, I'm not editing this at all. But anyway, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on. All right. All right. right. So Happy Here uh, is the 10th song on disc disc two. More R&B influence, more soul. You know, Richie's voice on this is amazing. The song structure, uh, very layered song. Enjoyed this one as well. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree there. It's a toe tapper. Um, And the full have in my mind or in my ears, you know, there's elements of shred in there, little fuzzy guitars, and a bit of flamenco guitar playing. You know, or you know, just the vibe. You know? I was just like, 
you know, we had Spanish guitar a little while ago, and now we got, you know, kind of the flamenco vibe going on there. It's an interesting solo. It is. It's an interesting song. I mean, there's a lot going on, as most Richie songs have, that element where the song is a journey, you know, and when you have different styles and different approaches within the song, it just makes it so much better and makes it so much greater. Yeah. And uh, did you catch the ending? As far as... <laughs> you expect it to keep going and then boom, it's done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was it, like, what, what? I thought something was wrong with like the mastering of the disc, like something happens, you know, like they screwed it up and I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, coy there, Richie, coy, very coy. Very interesting so, way to end a song for sure, absolutely. Uh, going yeah. on to second page. This is an interesting song, too. The, the delivery approach is a lot different than what we've heard before on this album. Uh, very much of a, a lower register of the song. of uh, A song that is about, you know, being on different pages, maybe, um, in life with, with whoever you're with. What did you think? Yeah, it's it's another ballad. Let's bring up a romantic crash. Another ballad, but the guitars and like his layered vocals on this are very lush. It's it's really you know really cool. You know, it's not. It's got a lot of soul to it. Not like the genre, but it kind of does. But it's, it's just got a lot of soul to it. You can you can feel what Richie's expressing. It's just, it's a really good song. Circus song, which is another instrumental. This is more of a pickin' rockabilly type of instrumental. It reminds me of, I'm a huge Steve Morse fan. And Steve Morse, obviously he's the guitar player for Deep Purple now. He's known by a lot of players as being in the Dixie Dregs. He's got his solo stuff. Whenever he releases a solo album, he always has that one rockabilly picking type of instrumental. And this reminds me of that type of style. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. I'm not real, I mean, I'm familiar with him and his work with Deep Purple and stuff, but I'll have to check that out. I like rockabilly. Yeah, there's always, I mean, you know, in his catalog, you know, that he always, I don't know how many solo albums he has, but I've got about three or four of them, and there's always that one song that is like, you know, the rockabilly picking type tune, and it's really a lot of fun. And this is a song that's very similar to that. It's a, it's a fun instrumental. It goes in a lot of different directions, but it really keeps that rockabilly flavor going throughout it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm not a big instrumental fan, but the way Richie does them, you know, you know, it's not just a bunch of needless wanking. So, in, you know, I, there's actually a song to it, melody. And, well, again, think about Richie Cotton and think about this instrumental circus song. It's rockabilly. 
we have not talked about any rockabilly on this album yet. And here we are again, not expecting something like this. You know, we've, we, right. we, we were, we were mentioning all his influence. We've had the conversation about him being a shredder and having that R and B influence come through and shine through. And then here we are with circus song, which completely is different than anything that is on this record. So once again, the journey continues. The door to another room has opened and here we are with Circus Song. I can't wait for the Polka Song. You know, there's many different roads as he's going there, and it's like, when do we get a Polka Song? When is Richie going to pick up the accordion? I guess that should be the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe do a duet with Weird Al. Yeah, or do you know when they remake the Ferris Bueller movie? You know, during the parade. And they got the polka, they got the polka, you know, uh, parade, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the parade float and, you know, Richie's up there in the background playing, playing the polka and getting really into it. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Maybe, maybe I've heard him do banjo. So maybe in the 40th night. We can only hope, right? The next song. You heard him do banjo. Well, I'll wait for that. For the, hand, the next song is Trophy. Again, more soul, more R&B. You know, we go from the second page song with a del- different delivery approach on his vocals to circus song, picking rockabilly back to that soul R&B influence. Very soulful song. Another one of my favorites on disc two. Yeah, this is a real good one. And I like the uh, the chorusing walk effect that he has on the intro. You know, and the guitar tone throughout this song. is a freaking smoke. Again, is his tone different on this? I mean, I, I thought so, right? I mean, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that because, you know, Richie does have a certain style. He does have a familiar tone from song to song in most cases, but I felt this was a little different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely left to center, shall we say. You know, and not in a bad way. It's just different. But you can tell it's Richie, but you know, it's not there there's something different to it, but it's it's really, really good. And it flat smokes. So. The next song is So Fast, really heavy Stevie Wonder influence on this different vocal presentation as well another good song another one of my favorites on this on this disc too yeah this is definitely one of my favorites right up there like going back and warrior um the him exploring that deeper gravelly register of his voice in the first few minutes i was sitting there and i was just like you know, and it's and it's not creepy or anything, but you never heard him go there as far as that. And it kind of reminded me. I don't know. You may catch it, but like, did you ever see the LeBron video he did several years back while he was on tour with the marionette puppet yeah. that he calls LeBron? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. This kind of has. It kind of feels like. LeBron took over, maybe like LeBron and his alter ego Kent Sanfield. That spoken word part reminds me of those two sides of Richie, 
and I was just like, and it's creepy, but in a good way. I just, you know, it, it was definitely very different, you know, than people are used to hearing out of him. And it's, it's really, really cool. That's why it's in my top three on this, this disc on this too. That's another thing too, that I wish he would bring back is his video blogs or his comedic, episodes on YouTube that he would do, you know, whether it's the, you know, yeah. with, with, with the hillbilly tooth or the interaction he has with his wife, which is, you know, he does some stuff on Instagram, some short videos, but some of that stuff was just gold. And I think Have a lot of seen a video. Have you ever seen a video he did with his daughter called the cost? Yes. That is yes. That's insane. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah, I mean, I know that stuff, I think it's still up there. Most of it's still up on YouTube. You can you can check it out. If you want to kind of lose yourself in, in Richie's head and his, in his comedic style, whatever, he's, a, he's got a very dry sense of humor, and yeah. uh, it's just wonderful. Very creative. Yes, yes. The one where he's, is he getting a tattoo in the kitchen with his mother in the background? He's talking about getting bitches and... Oh man! That's... Yeah, and he's got the Billy Bob keys in. Yes, he's, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. that's wonderful. Canfield alter ego. That is wonderful. That is awesome. Have you ever heard that song that he did with Kent Canfield? No. Oh my God! He did Wait. a song. It's and this is where the banjo comes in. Yeah, no, no, no. I have heard that. Yes, I have. Yes, I have heard that. That is the Jesus is on the way. Yes, yes. Talking about. <laughs> Talking about um, making cracks of chain across from our school and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. I, I wish he would do more of that. I know there's that one video where I guess he, he was saying in an interview or, or one of those follow up video things that he did on YouTube where he had to delete one of them because his mother got really upset or something. But um, I think that's, yeah, I think that that, that, that was him. But, I miss I miss that stuff. I know he does some some stuff with with Julia, his wife, on Instagram, and it's always fun to see that stuff. And I just wish he would do do more of that, especially with the tour coming up, and you know cataloging, you know the tour through some some comedic episodes for his fans would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that stuff. You know, tour vlogs come back. Yeah, that stuff is torture Mike and Dylan. <laughs> the next song is Deluxe. Very reflective song. Uh really enjoyed yeah. this one. Another one of my favorites on the disc. Um again, I'm still absorbing this this album and I, I just I'm looking forward to just being absorbed by it over the next week or two. Um, as I cruise around in my car, you know, and, and, and run errands and listen to it. Cause that's really the ultimate test, right? It's how it sounds in the car. But yeah, yeah. this song deluxe is very reflective. The, the lyrics are, are very interesting and very deep in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree. And I'm looking at my notes and you know, you'll enjoy this, but, you know, I thought, you know, the ladies and the romantics will definitely love this track. 
moving on to lay it on. Oh, did you notice during the lux? Did you notice the chimes? Yes, I did. Yeah. Huh? Is there so so we got so we got shakers, we got chimes. You, um, Richie's exploring banjos and Kent Stanfield. Banjos. You know, he's playing the drums. He's playing the bass. He's a he's a one man show. One man show. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for him to bust out some washboard or something. Yeah, yeah. Or what's the the xylophone? Richie on a xylophone yeah, yeah. would be would be the best xylophone player this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, but no, he's not really an artist until he busts out a kazoo. <laughs> Come on, Richie, give us kazoo solo. Give us a kazoo album, an EP. I'll take an EP, oh. like four or five songs of just Richie on the kazoo. Oh, man, brilliant. That'd be awesome. That would be. <laughs> Lay it on. Okay. Lay it on is the next song. More R&B, more influence. Like I said, this is really what his comfort zone is, you know, bringing out this influence. Um, you know, it's obvious the Sly and the Family Stone, you know, the Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Stevie Wonder influence. There's not a lot of Parliament feel to these songs on disc two. That's really on disc one. But yeah. you really do feel that. It really comes through and shines through again on Lay It On, uh, another wonderful track on the second part of 50 for 50. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think he... Uh took the old vintage vibe to the right on this one and you know, the vintage vibe piano that he has which I love the tone of those yeah. um, and this is all, it's all over this and it's a great compliment to a soulful vocal just a, just a really good tune it's the same instrument that he used on Regret on the Winery Dogs debut record and I think he also used it a lot on Cannibals um, yeah, and he that's, that's what he took out on the road with him for the the Salting Earth tour and stuff. Yeah, that's a that's got an awesome tone to it, like you said. I do I love it when he uses that. It really, yeah, the vintage vibe really brings out that tone and allows him to be very expressive. So, anytime he uses yeah. that, I'm a fan. Yeah, anytime I love I love his keys playing from you know straight regular piano to the world sir to I've heard him play some Hammond and song, but the vintage vibe just really complements his voice so well. I mean, it's kind of like when he does those guitar solos where he, I don't know, scatting is the right word, but he harmonizes with his guitar solo vocally, you know, which adds another layer to it. Vintage vibe complements his voice so well, you know, so it adds, you know, it sounds like him singing almost. It's, it's really cool. The last track is I Am the Clown. Another epic song. I love this song. I love the presentation. I love the delivery. It's got a very Jeff Beck type of tone, type of um, type of style on this song. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's what I took from it. Uh just wonderful lyrics, very um, 
a very deep song that really connected with me. Yeah, I yeah that caught me too. Is you know, I, in my notes I have like mournfully introspective. You know, it's just there's a sense of mourning to it, and introspection, and very deep. What, the vibe I got off of it. What did you think about the guitar tone on this song? I mean. Did you think it was Jeff Beck? Because that's like when I when my ear heard that, I'm like, oh, that sounds like it really sounds like people get ready. The song by Rod Stewart and yeah. Jeff Beck. It really kind of brought that out Love to me. That tune. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has that. I mean, I don't have that in my notes, but I thought that last night was it kind of had that deck vibe to it. And I'm surprised I didn't catch the people get ready feel because as a kid, I used to be obsessed with that song and video. I'm a, I'm a huge Rod Stewart fan. And I remember, I mean, I don't remember how old I was, like seven, six, seven, eight, maybe, when that video came out, maybe younger. But I remember just being obsessed with that video. And I, I just thought it was so cool, you know, him playing guitar on the train and then them reuniting and, you know, a big Rod Stewart fan of that song. But yeah, I'm surprised I didn't catch, I mean, I caught the Beck feel of it, but I didn't pinpoint it to people get ready, but now that you said it, yeah, I can definitely hear that. So we wrap up disc two. No, I want more. Well, oh. you can get more because there's disc three, and, ah. you know, this has been... This has made my my weekend and into now Monday, you know, with with listening to the first disc over the weekend, you know, listening to this, the second part this morning in the in the early afternoon, it's been it's been a joy, and I can't wait to talk about disc three. I can't wait to dive deeper into that. But again, just some amazing songs, uh, you know, with two instrumentals on this disc, some. Some great, great songs. I mean, you know, my highlights are Warrior, Who Am I, Taking the Pain, Going Back, I Am the Clown, and Second Page, which, you know, are, are and, even, and even So Fast. So Fast is another one, too. But a lot of reflective lyrics on this one, uh, you know, they've really connected with me. So far... Thank you, Richie Kotzen, for for putting this music out. I mean, it's just been a wonderful experience at this to this point, and can't wait to finish this off uh, tomorrow night for disc three. Yeah, and I kind of feel you know we should like pull a Wayne and Garth and then drop to our knees and be like, "We're not worthy. We're not worthy." I mean, it's just what a joy this two disc journey so far has been, and there's still one more to go. Yeah, I mean that's like like I, I think I, I've said this I said this to you several times after he announced he was doing this. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to talk to anybody in February because this album is going to completely completely take over my life in terms of like just absorbing it and just listening to it. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible, and I and I am 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 really excited to hear more. Really excited to hear some of these songs played live and on tour. 
yes. Yeah. And, and, and for those listening to who may have never seen Richie, go out and see him. It's a wonderful experience. Great guitar playing. Great singing. You know, Mike and Dylan are, are great as his drummer and his bass player. And you hear three people making music, and it sounds like there's ten people on stage. It's just a, a great a great thing to listen to. Yeah, they, them, them three put the power in power trio. Absolutely, man. And, and just... Yeah, it's a it's a great experience. You you haven't really appreciated Richie until you get a chance to see him live. And whether it's overseas, I think he's doing a European tour, and I think he's probably going to hit South America at some point, as he usually does. But um, you know, I know I think the only U.S. tour dates that have been announced have been in New York. So I can't wait to see him here in Chicago, and. If he does play Wichita, I guarantee Romantic Crash will be will be at the show. Yeah, yeah. If he if he plays Wichita or Kansas City, I'll definitely be there. But there's also a chance I might be in Phoenix for a show if he goes there. I so want to say something right now. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there, 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 there's so much opportunity for me to respond to that comment, but I won't. Wrap it up, buddy. Wrap it up. <laughs> well, great. Good deal. Thanks again, Crash, for joining me on the Disc 2 review of Richie Conson, 50 for 50. Tomorrow is the final Part 3, Disc 3 review. Join us for that. And, again, just keep listening to the album. It's great. Keep absorbing it. I hate I there's there's not a, a perfect word to describe the album. The only thing I can think of so far is amazing, phenomenal, incredible. So look forward to talking with Crash again for part three and having you guys listen. And also give us some feedback. You know, when this posts on our social media, let us know what you think. Let us know if you agree with our assessment. Let us know how you're absorbing it and what songs that you are enjoying. Thanks again, Crash. I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And look for part three tomorrow. We'll talk then. Take care, everybody. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.